0: This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Kelly.
1: And I'm Carol Master. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's a weekly podcast bringing you an interview you probably won't hear anywhere else. And this is really the case with this guest because, man, he is one of KKR's first employees, but he definitely stays out of the public eye.
0: We're talking about Paul Rayther. I have gotten to know him over the past few years, and I've actually been with him in Hartford, Connecticut, and that's really where this story happens. Dream Camp, he created it, a couple decades ago, now, as he thinks about his role as a philanthropist, he's got even bigger plans for what giving can look like going forward.
2: Jason, you certainly said some nice things about me. We haven't seen each other for a while, but um, uh, it's, good to, uh, it's good to get reconnected. And yes, I have been trying to do some things for uh, Trinity College and in Hartford, Connecticut, which is near and dear to my heart.
0: Well, tell me about that. I was lucky enough to go to Hartford with you a, a, a few years ago, and you and I spent the day together. And, you know, it's clear when you're there that it is. It, it had a huge impression on you, not just the school but the community. Tell us about Dream Camp, because that feels like the manifestation of, of a lot of what you think about uh, and what you're trying to do.
2: Okay. Well, listen, in, uh, in, in the late 1990s, uh, around 1998, um, I had the idea that we needed to do something um, in the Hartford community. And when I say we, I'm talking about Trinity College. And, uh, you know, Trinity um, had always been sort of viewed by the community as, you know, the kids up on the hill. Uh, And Hartford in the late 90s was a city in distress and a city that was not clearly not doing well. The education system uh, in Hartford was broken. Uh, in fact, it was taken over several times by uh, by the state uh, because they, A, ran out of money and, B, lost their accreditation. And and I said to myself, you know, what we need if we're going to really uh, change the, the, the cycle, um, we need some education for these younger kids in particular. And so I had this idea of trying to start a camp uh, for kids sort of ages 6 to 10 because you know, that, that's when you really can get to get to these kids, because they're obviously very impressionable uh, at that age. And you can teach them things that uh, that they don't know and things that they're not necessarily going to learn in school, particularly when the schools are not operating very, very well. And um, Michael Rouse, uh, who runs a, ca- a, a company down in Philadelphia called ESF Sports Camp, uh, I went to Michael and said, look, I've got this idea you know, and here's my idea. Can you do something like this? And he said, absolutely. I can definitely do this. And not only can I do this, this is really exciting. And he'd already, you know, he's had, he started this camp, um, you know, 30 plus years ago, this camp business, uh, and he's been very successful. And he actually uh, was running a camp uh, at Greenwich Academy uh, in the summer here. Uh, so I've seen his work and known him well. And I said, here's here's what I want to do. I want to create a program that will be tuition-free for kids in Hartford, and I want to create a program that will be racially balanced. So it will be one-third uh, African American, one-third Hispanic, uh, and one-third white. Uh, and get these kids at age 6 to 10, bring them in, uh, and teach them a lot of things that they really don't know, in addition to which, think about this, they're going to be on the Trinity College campus because mm-hmm. I'd gone – to the then president, uh, at, uh, at Trinity and said, look, here's, here's the idea. Here's what I'd like to do. Um, and, and I, but I need your cooperation. I need your help and I need your facilities, all of which they agreed to. So that's, that's Jason, how it really, you know, how it really got started. Um, and you know, I mean, here we are 23 years later and frankly, it's been a huge success.
1: Well, that's what I want to ask you. And I do want to get to the success of it, the impact of it. But I want to ask you, too, though, Paul, this is about, and I feel like because of the virus, because of what happened about um, George Floyd, what happened to him in Minneapolis, we're talking about so much of the inequalities. And what we're discovering or really kind of putting out there is that we've got to end these bad cycles that don't provide everyone equally opportunities to ultimately succeed, whether it's in education, whether it's professionally, and also ultimately to provide some wealth and you know generational wealth that pulls everybody out of a bad situation, and I feel like this is kind of what you guys are going out breaking that you know rough cycle that unfortunately so many have to endure. Yeah,
2: well, that's what we're trying to do, Carol. Um, you know, look when I went when I was at Trinity, which was a long time ago in the in the sixties, the the neighborhood around Trinity was middle class to lower middle class. Um, basically, people from Italian and Polish heritage uh, who worked in manufacturing jobs in Hartford, uh, and those jobs all went away. Um, they all moved basically to you know to the south where the work rules were mm-hmm. easier for the companies and 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 people the people who moved into the neighborhood were basically Hispanic. Uh, And so the neighborhood around Trinity changed dramatically. And, you know, Trinity started this program under President Dobell uh, in the mid-90s, where they created the Learning Corridor, which is, you know, a street across the street from the main uh, part of the Trinity campus. Uh, And with state funds and federal funds, uh, built three new schools, a Montessori Lower School, a Magnet Middle School, and an Upper uh, high school that was for uh, for science, mathematics, and dance and theater, and so that was sort of the first step. And then on top of that, I said, "Well, okay, so that's great, but now what else can we do with with these kids?" And so that's that's why I came up with the idea of you know kids six to ten, right? Uh, because in my mind, in my mind, education is the great level.
1: You were you know really. You know, lovely in terms of telling us, Paul, what this camp sets out to do and how it works. I am curious about the impact of the camp and the success that it's having on these six to 10 year olds.
2: Well, hopefully, Carol is having a lot of success um, on yeah. these. Uh, it, it's six, we started with six to 10, uh, and then I think you know uh, several years after we started the camp, uh, there was a sports camp uh, at Trinity that had been there for 37 years funded by the NCAA and and the federal government. And that program was cut back and the Trinity program was eliminated. And so we went to the college and said, look, we can't let these kids go. Uh, And so we merged the sports Mm -hmm. camp into the dream camp and Mm -hmm. became a camp of 250 kids from ages six to 16. And so the program is start with a child at the age of six um start with the five week summer program, uh, and then take these kids all the way through until they're fifteen, sixteen years old. and ninety plus percent of our kids actually go the full the full route through. And then um, a significant number of those kids at sixteen to seventeen become counselors in training at the camp. Uh-huh. so they're 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 with us for ten plus years, and then hopefully they go to college. and ninety plus percent of our kids, that have gone through the program have actually gone on to college. So That's amazing. In, in in that sense, in that sense, it's really been a, a big success, but probably three years after we started the program, Michael Rouse, who I said earlier was the guy that I went to, to, you know, to try to implement this on a day to day basis, came to me and said, Paul, we have to do something besides just the five week program in the summer. We have to go full time. But in other words, we have to create a program after school. So, in the summer, at the five-week program, you know, we pick the kids up in the morning, we bring them to the campus uh, at Trinity, we feed them breakfast, uh, and then they've got a full day, and then we put them on the bus and we take them home. And then in the fall, when we started the after-school program, we pick these kids up then after school, you know, four, day, four days a week, and we bring them to Trinity, uh, and we tutor them, in effect, after, after school. And that tutoring is done. Almost exclusively by Trinity College students, oh. so these kids are getting an opportunity to interact with you know Trinity undergraduates. And the Trinity undergraduates are getting an opportunity to interface with with these kids. and so it's it's a win-win for everybody because they really get to see things that they otherwise wouldn't see. And so um, so this is now a forty five week program um, after school, and then five weeks in the summer, so basically, you know, we've become a, a year-round program, um, you know, with uh with these kids. And so, you know, the the statistics are, are great. I mean, 90 plus percent of these kids stay with us. 90 plus percent of these kids end up going to college. Six of them have graduated from Trinity. Wow. Which,
1: that's so cool. That's great. Uh, yeah.
0: That's that's so the is. grand slam right there.
1: So, it is it is the grand slam. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: So, Paul, I, I do have to ask you before we run out of time. You know, one of the things you've identified in this is something that we've really learned a lot about, unfortunately, during the pandemic, which is the food insecurity mm. uh, that we're facing as a nation. So talk to us briefly about what you've done around that issue, because it, it's really important, I think, for people to understand.
2: OK, well, there's actually two parts of it. But let's deal with what happened in, in you know, in March, uh, you know, schools, Schools went virtual uh, in Connecticut, and under Connecticut state law, uh, schools have to provide at least one meal a day to the kids. Okay, so the kids are not in school, so those meals are not being provided, and so all of a sudden there's a hole in uh, you know in their daily routine in terms of in terms of getting fed. And so Michael Rouse again came to me and said, "We need to shift gears. We need to continue to do the after-school program, but it's going to be virtual, just like." uh you know, their school is during the day. But we need to create we need to create a program um that will provide food for for people. And so I said, Well give me a budget, give me an idea, tell me how you're gonna do this. And he came up with a program where he teamed up with Chef Frankie Solenza, uh who is an uh, an Emmy Award winning cooking show uh chef, uh, you know, somebody that he knows down in the Philadelphia area. And, and he created a series of menus uh, and put together food packages. And the recipes are in English and in Spanish. And he's got videos. And so we start. We started delivering meals in late March, uh, you know, to to these families in Hartford. So they didn't have to come and stand in line at a food bank. The food was actually delivered to them by people who work for ESS sports camps or Trinity undergraduate students. So the food was coming up from Philadelphia coming into Hartford and then dispatched to to these families. And so we did that from, you know, the end of March, you know, right up through the beginning of camp and we delivered over 10,000 meals. And that was Paul Ray, their
0: senior advisory partner at the private equity firm KKR. You've heard of that, but you might not have heard about the work that he has done in Hartford, Connecticut. Trinity College, he's so devoted to that school, really enjoyed catching up with him.
1: Yeah, and I just love that, you know, identifying a community that just needs some help, and especially for its younger population. What struck me, he said that about 90% of the kids that attend Dream Camp ultimately go off to college that was really impressive.
0: You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra.
1: And be sure to catch us every day, Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser.
0: And I'm Jason Kelly. This is Bloomberg.